0: Um, but for Netflix, you know, again, we're mostly focused on how do we do entertainment that you feel like you got to watch and, you know, stay up late at night. have been doing your own movies for a couple years. You're ramping up now. I read uh, you're going to spend about $400 million on four movies that are coming out this year, Ten. give or take. You can never believe what you read. Nicole. Sometimes. Sometimes. Um you know what what we're really focused on is how do we push the creative boundaries um, and doing shows that uh, bring people together, are exciting, sometimes polarize people. Season one, episode five of How Original Podcast, a podcast solely devoted to Netflix originals. I'm Pat, and across from me is George. And we're coming to you guys, well, not live. I was about to say we're coming to you live, but (laughs) I certainly hope that's not the case. From our perspective, we're (laughs) live. We're coming to you on brand new microphones. We're building out the studio this year. New year, new gear. Yeah, (laughs) new year, new gear. And we're going to start taking gear. We're going to do some steroids after this. (laughs) Fuck, I want to do steroids because you're so bad. <laughs> that should be my thing. Is that your resolution? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> to, to die at 38 of an enlarged heart, but be absolutely massive. <laughs> uh, new notebook for me, for your boy. Yeah. shouts out amanda (laughs) my loving girlfriend who is very support too supportive of the pod and enabler um, some would say (laughs) oh yeah she yeah she bought uh she bought me some new gear as well so uh and for those of you listening at home it looks very not kind of nondescript like it has a nice floral cover and it's like a book where women would like write their intentions for the year but then when george opens it up you can see he's written at a 30 degree angle across like like it's a ruled notebook and he just Slides across those lines. No laws, baby. High as hell, writing indecipherable notes last night. Yeah, I'm all over the map in in this notebook. Yeah, little like yeah, it's so funny. It's like a cute little like notebook from Chapters with like a floral print. Little do people know this is Patrick Bateman's notebook. They did not know what it would be used for when it was sold. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is not the intended use. I I don't think. (laughs) Um, speaking of insane stuff i think we should dive right into it we received a piece of fan mail to if you guys want to send stuff send it to how original at gmail.com we received uh, a piece of mail from a very unwell listener perhaps a very passionate listener yes very passionate um i i would say this is giving me like the bodyguard vibes <laughs> like 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 obsessed kind of vibes um just a rambling email about how sports is in fact art right um that's like the crux of the email like we're not going to read it word for word because it's very but, long but. yeah so sort of uh yeah had, listener had some issues with my take on uh, sports not being art from episode four the hand of god episode episode um, three episode three yeah sorry um yeah and as you said that take i'm like there's definitely people who are going to be upset by this and, like, I didn't necessarily agree with the take, but I didn't push back, which some people would argue, like, silence is violence, so <laughs> <laughs> I let it be put into the world, but I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. Anyway, I hope this fan is seeking help. Uh, someone should do a wellness check on this fan. It was a very rambling email. <laughs> they, I, I They also called us absolute turbo nerds, which... It was very aggressive. And, I mean, uh, they're I, listening to our podcast about Netflix originals, so... You know, we're all kind of on the same level here. <laughs> right. Or did we do this to them? Right. We dragged them down to our level. We like they had a down. normal functional life before the podcast. Yes. And then three episodes in, they're already coming apart at the scenes. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Someone do do a wellness check on this listener, please. Yeah. Um, he... uh, I was going to say, in terms of like our listener community, uh, you know, so Garth last episode said to give him a call and there's a situation. So I did that uh what he was referring to was just like you know most of our fans are pretty chill on our subreddit but we have a few bad apples i guess in the community who are you know posting stuff like join my telegram channel uh if you're a loyalist we're gonna talk about like the biden laptop leaks and stuff. And it's like look i bring up some stuff on pod it's a joke you know it's whatever you guys go out and do on your own time that's not representative of what george and i do here (laughs) no no and uh yeah we're not bad apples we're no no we're we're good guys we're the best apples yeah uh but i was also scrolling through the the sub and people really like you and they really are critical of me apparently over like 10 hours of audio i've made like three mistakes that people can't get over so uh i mistakenly said the 48 laws of power was written by robert b green it's just robert green oh you fuckers knew what i meant (laughs) anyway guys be nice to my my co-host please. yeah people are also attacking me for the way apparently i was saying uh nepo baby wrong like nepotism i was saying it nepo baby," and then you made me say it wrong because you said it wrong well first. honestly nepotism nepotism literally i've heard it both ways <laughs> but also nepo wasn't even a word until like vulture magazine wrote an article a month ago so we're the you ne- got- we're the nepo men <laughs> You guys are acting pretty high and mighty that I mispronounced a word that didn't exist until a month ago. That's a great point. Yeah. yeah so if you work at Vulture Magazine, write us an email at howoriginalpod at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, guys, my co-host is doing his best. So like, just just go easy on, on the subreddit, okay? Like, yeah. Yeah. You know. People, I think people overestimate how easy it is to talk on mic with no dead air and just not make mistakes. Or say anything that's gonna get you canceled. Yeah, dude. it's like a tight wire, tightrope balancing act. Just try living in our shoes for a day—the yeah. shoes of a podcaster. Yeah, yeah, it's some real like sad clown type stuff. <laughs> like we have trials and tribulations that you guys have no idea about, <laughs> dude. Speaking of sad clown type stuff, um, I, uh, y- me and you, um, uh, have a, f- a-, f- a- f- affination, affination, affinity. <laughs> sorry oh god <laughs> as i've just talked about like sometimes you say stuff wrong we have an affination for uh for affinity for rocket league oh um, yeah yeah and i've been playing because uh, i've been pretty swamped at work recently so like i've just been needing like an outlet yeah. um at the end of the night type of thing um so i've been uh coming to rocket league um for i've, I've sought solace in in my rocket league life oh um, hell yeah in, in soccer which is an art by the way so soccer <laughs> Soccer is an <laughs> yeah, art. regular soccer not an art. Soccer, that's an art. That's an art. Um, so uh, I've been, <laughs> I realized, uh, my problem. Like, <laughs> I-, I recently just learned how to actually shoot in Rocket League. Right. I I didn't know. How- that you could actually like propel your cart into the ball yeah i've always just sort of jumped limply into the ball and right uh and i've always wondered like dude how are people getting this much power on their hits um, that kind and, of striking force yeah and um i uh figured it out so i you just double tap a um, or the x button sorry, yeah um uh, and you propel yourself into the ball and recently because since I unlocked that I've been getting so good at rocket league dude, hell yeah I've been getting like <laughs> honestly it's it's sad how good I've been getting there's a sadness that comes with with that sort of uh you know that sort of power well I think that's you know what we were touching on uh, off mic just for the episode sometimes you have to destroy your life to become the best at something you sure. have to make sacrifices dude I've dude I was Playing Rocket League, when you text me, I'm here. And I was halfway through a one-on-one duel where I was leading 3-1. And I'm like, maybe I can just leave him outside for a few minutes to wrap this up. And I'm like, no, that's rude. So I logged out. But even now, in the back of my head, I'm like, I should have seen it through. I should have got that W. Dude, there, there are certain round, like 2v2 rounds where I find myself being the best player. Yeah. And like man I I have such imposter syndrome because like I this is so new to me being the best player in in a match being good at something for once it's so new to me and I feel almost like I imagine Tyrion felt on Game of Thrones when like he realized great show I've literally never seen that (laughs) actually no I saw the first season and I was like yeah not for me so anyway for for all the the watchers um on the wall I (laughs) felt like tyrion i imagine felt after he discovered that like the girl that he fell in love with was actually a prostitute hired by his brother uh because he felt bad for (laughs) her. oh shit yeah so that's kind of that's quite the prank literally during my rocket league match i was like dude are these people like just trying to like you know boost my spirits kind of thing like 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 are they throwing this game to give me confidence dude i saw this post on reddit a while back where it was somebody saying like they were literally like devoting their whole life during a depressive period to like playing this one game online and they thought they were playing against human opponents and they thought they were just crushing it and that like gave them the self-esteem needed to like re-enter society but then later they eventually clued in wait these are just computer opponents (laughs) like i've been playing this obsessively against nobody oh jesus but they were like deriving self-worth from it and that made me kind of paranoid now when I play online games. I'm like, I think this is a person. <laughs> Their username is very much what like a person would do. But how can I ever know? But dude, yeah, did you ever run a Turing test on them? No, I never gave them the Blade Runner <laughs> replicant test to, to my teammate, like, anally- <laughs> It's like a n four l l y underscore p h i s t three d. Are you real? <laughs> yeah. Is you real? Cells interlinked. <laughs> well, I'm glad we both been playing Rocket League, dude. It's a it's a fun one. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, dude. So new new journal, new gear. Yeah. Getting good at Rocket League. Things are looking up for us. We're dressed like communications professors today. I'm wearing my glasses, so anything I say on this episode, you guys have to assume is very smart. I was wearing a checkered shirt. Yeah. I took it off. I'm wearing a, if I can flex for a moment, a brand new Tiger of Sweden blazer that I got on half price discount at the Bay. See, Tiger of Sweden? <laughs> yeah. Sounds like Brendan Schaub's like whiskey brand. <laughs> <laughs> i think we can go like five minutes between the fighter and the kid references but then it like comes back to that <laughs> uh it, it's a sick laser though dude thank you I, thank I, you i i also love the like informal t-shirt mm-hmm. underneath the formal blazer yeah i'm wearing the 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 rubashka t-shirt with like a gun logo on it so yeah again we're not an alt-right podcast folks despite how we're dressed (laughs) anyway moving on (laughs) what moving on to the action movie that we're covering that is yeah uh, has an all-male cast (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i mean this movie no, this movie does not pass the Bechdel test because there's one female like, character. Of course and not. She never gets to talk to another w- woman. <laughs> yeah. Actually, no. Wait, Ben Affleck has a daughter that he's driving while he's drinking behind the wheel, but she like has one line. But dude, women can't be. In- I mean, sorry, not. Uh, children can't be included in the Bechdel test, right? Because it's like, of course, children aren't talking about dudes, <laughs> right? yeah is there an age cutoff for the bechdel test there has to be right because because the whole point is like because <laughs> only if you're above the legal age of consent can you be included in a bechdel test i think so man. Yeah. i mean if you're an eight-year-old girl it's like <laughs> right i don't right. think the dialogue even makes sense mm. to be talking about, about boys that much right like if a movie has an eight-year-old girl talking to her mom that doesn't count towards the bechdel test yes but if it's a mom talking to her friend, then... Yeah. yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, the little girl in the car wasn't like, damn, I want to bone Charlie Hunnam <laughs> so badly. Doesn't his thighs look freaking... His thighs looking tight, you know? <laughs> his thighs on fleek. There's a lot of, like really thirsty fucking uh, letterbox reviews for this film. Yeah, so we can we can get into the brain trust as yeah, we let's, call it. let's do that. Do you want to go first for letterbox? Yeah. Or actually, actually you go have, first cuz I my phone to pull it up. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't even clear leather, dude. I just had it locked and loaded. Uh this is from my friend Graham who I will say gives everything five stars, but he gave this movie five stars. Great movie. The three frontiers is revealed to be the friendship between the men. Movie was based on a dream. Casey Affleck had told his brother about That's not true. Oscar for perfor- Oscar's performance was worthy of an Oscar. Get it. And then he did like an old school emoji, smiley face. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. Um, three and a half stars from Fran. The whole first act of the movie is Oscar Isaac asking his friends if they got his text message. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, uh, Here's one, two stars. Oscar Isaac is five foot seven because all of his height is concentrated in his dump truck ass. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of comments were talking about his ass. He does have a big ass. And the first scene of the movie, which we'll talk about is like him in very tight jeans. um, It did stress me out when he was like running out 20 flights of stairs and tight jeans yeah jesus christ <laughs> and he, he like knew he was on a helicopter like he got on a helicopter he was like this is my fit Your, for today right so if you know you're in an active combat zone maybe wear looser pants i think so you gotta wear like cargo pants you know that's the one time a man should wear cargo pants is when you're at war <laughs> totally and he does sport the cargo pants in a later scene in the movie yeah. and i'm like why didn't you wear those in the first scene yeah why is you he ha- wearing i know you own a pair why of is he cargos? wearing fucking skin tight pants that's a good question have you ever worn a pair of cargos um tell me about your cargo history shorts I will, shorts or pants i will go on record and say i think when i was like eight i had a pair of cargo pants probably okay. yeah but i think as i became older and more neurotic about fashion and more able to dress myself, I steered away from the cargoes. Okay. Dude, I remember in first year university, I hooked up with this girl. And like, you know how you have like the open closet systems, like in dorms. Uh-huh. Like all your clothes are kind of on display. Uh-huh. Uh, she's like, Wow, why don't they just put a door on that motherfucker? I don't know, dude. Budget cuts and shit. Okay. Anyway, she was like, Wow, you have a lot of flannel shirts. Like, is that all you wear? And it gave me this like ego death where now I'm like. If I have more than a few flannel shirts at a time, I'm self-conscious. Dude, that's so funny. That's so funny when like a little moment or like offhanded comment by some person you don't even yeah. care about anymore, like just just sends you on a completely different yeah. path in life. Like, makes Yeah, you... I, I was on a date a few months ago where somebody pointed out like, yeah, your ears are different sizes and you have small ears. I'm like, didn't need to know that, but all right. Thank you. So was this a... I'm assuming this wasn't a first date. This couldn't have been a first date. Uh, no, someone I've known for a long time. Okay, okay. But it was okay, like, okay. Yeah. That'd be so no, funny to say on a first date. It would date. be really funny if it was just like a very candid person from a dating app. <laughs> yeah, I, people are really nice to me. <laughs> like your ears weren't as advertised on Tinder. <laughs> yeah, also, I'm not like Photoshopping my ears on Tinder. <laughs> it is uh what you see is what you get oh man i should do like you know um like mug shots like turn to the left turn to the right i should do that like and highlight my ears (laughs) (laughs) But like a coke can next to them for proportion (laughs) yeah um i have another review here four stars this is such a dad film and there are very few things in this world that would make me happier than that would make me happier than seeing my dad enjoy a movie when Fleetwood Mac started playing, I could see his face light up and I knew he was going to have a great time, which is like, I think it's funny when people in Letterboxd mention like watching it with a family and like what their different family members think. Right. Um, I got text messages from my mom last night. She did not enjoy Out. Interesting. <laughs> she said, I believe her exact words were, James Bond shouldn't have degraded himself like this. <laughs> Desecrated. Yeah. which is a fire take (laughs) that is a fire take that's so (laughs) strong um and then i have another review that's two stars it's very long so i won't read it but it mentions like a lot of actors who are at one point attached to the project like will smith johnny depp tom hardy casey affleck leo um and then this exposes the root of the problem of the film these aren't distinguishable characters there isn't anything here for an actor to attach their performance personality to and build upon there's just um and blah blah blah. There's just like male actor as a masculinity stand in. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which I would agree is an issue that I definitely want to bring up later. Um here's one I like. I watched the two and a half stars. I watched this for the plot. The plot, colon Oscar Isaac and Pedro Pascal. <laughs> I like the shout out to the p- perhaps a shout out. Maybe I'm reading too much into this to the NSFW subreddit. Watched it for the plot. Oh, yes. Of, yes. Of this Subreddit. I, I know of it. Why don't you explain to our listeners who might be a little less tech savvy? Actually, this will be a good segue because ah, you yes, wanted to talk is. about Mr. Skin. Mm, so this yeah, is a bit of a thing first. This is a bit of a Mr. Skin mm-hmm. for the younger generation mm-hmm. for the, for the new era. Um, uh, so Reddit has several NSFW subreddits that that basically perform the the modern function of a Mr. Skin. Curating uh, kind of nude or suggestive movie stills or GIFs, in many cases, of actors and actresses. Or paparazzi shots. Or, yes. Yeah. Could be anything, I suppose. Could be anything. Telephoto lens shots. Like, <laughs> yeah. From a distance. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so i think correct me if i'm wrong watched it for the plot a lot of times is focused on boobs the name is ironic yes yes yeah so it the joke is like oh i'm really interested in this movie and it's like no you want to see some titties yeah yeah (laughs) yeah. so olivia i think is a user Um, right i i can't imagine there's that many i mean there's no not really those it's interesting because those kinds of websites that perform that function never focus on male actors. Almost well, almost, George. I oh, if I can correct you here. So I want to share some of the Mister Skin lore, and Wait. I found out there is a version of Mister Skin for women where it collects male actors. Although what what is it called? I think it's called Mrs Skin. Mrs Foreskin. <laughs> Wait, I'm not gonna get, oh, Mrs Skin, Mister Skin. <laughs> my loyalists on subreddit i gotta love that one man yeah um yeah so anyway mr skin for those who are uninitiated and i guess don't know how to use google but do know how to stream a podcast so people can stop asking us i'm gonna say what it is so in the late 90s early aughts there was a guy um a guy just like us a freak pervert who was a frequent caller on the howard stern show i believe who had this like encyclopedic knowledge of nude scenes and movies and like which actresses have gone nude which movie and whatever he eventually parlayed this into his own platform mrskin.com where you can search uh different actresses and you know it's like a database um so jeffrey p skin (laughs) uh i didn't even know that he was like just a savant Yes. From the get-go. So I actually... I want to go back and find some of those, like, Howard Stern clips. Because I think it would be very interesting. And, like, we're kind of the generation where it's, like, we were born too late to listen to, like, a lot of Stern in the golden era and stuff. But, like, occasionally I'll look up, like, YouTube clips of that. And it's a fun era. Yeah. Um. But anyway. Yeah. So basically there's a website that claims they still get 10 million unique visitors a month, which I find... I don't find it impossible to believe, but I find it to be a bold claim. Yeah. Because honestly, who is not just going to Reddit and typing in, you know, if you're like, you know, say you're really into Aubrey Plaza, hypothetically, definitely I've never searched this. Uh, why would you not <laughs> just go to Reddit and search and see what pops up? Right. right. But Mr. Skin, like, or even better, which is what I do, just go Aubrey Plaza Reddit. Right. Right. Uh, and then oh, so you're searching Aubrey this as a clap. phrase in Google, in Google, right. or, or Bing, like mm. however I'm feeling that day. And you use Microsoft Edge, you were saying? I'm an Edge Lord, yeah. It's what we call ourselves. <laughs> you listen to this podcast on the Zoom, <laughs> dude. Uh, yeah, I'll i'll yeah I'm, the, I'm that type of guy there's two types of guys folks there's types of guys that type <laughs> in the, there's two types of boys there's boys that type in the url in like the top little bar mm-hmm. and there's boys that go to google or bing and will type in like the specific thing they're looking for and like go so it's like aubrey plaza nsfw reddit yeah like and this that, is all from a library computer and be- you're like wearing a hoodie <laughs> Literally, this is what I do every time I try to access a subreddit is like, (laughs) I will type in like JRE Reddit and I'll like go to the first result. So there's, I work exclusively through Google. So there's no real advantage to that though. That's just your preference. Absolutely That's just your MO. That's just, yeah. That's that's your signature. That's right. As a searcher. That's right. Huh. That's right. Fascinating. I just like to give more content to the Google, to the Microsoft, uh, you know, the the surveillers the, sur- helping... the, the, the surveillance state i like to give as much info as i can to the surveillance state you're helping microsoft build their ai so one day they can just generate a podcast and we don't have to fucking do this anymore <laughs> <laughs> um one last note about mr Scan. it is funny if you go to it like how much copywriting there is on the site like real people have put i won't say a lot of effort but like real effort into like writing descriptions and like bios for each actress and stuff it's like there's this human touch to it that i find really really fascinating wow however and that's what gets lost in a with a chat gpt well yeah it's like it's it's not gonna replace us of course right what if you what if you what if you type a describe aubrey plaza in chat gpt i mean what do you think that should we do this on pod yeah I was gonna say, do you need an account for ChatGPT? I made one. Oh, perfect, perfect. Yeah, one. yeah. Get it to describe the love of my life. I've been cheating on my on my university papers, you know, for the past <laughs> two months since well, this came out. I was out. gonna so, say, do you think this will lead to an advent of plagiarism now? Um, so I think it will. Yes, and, but I think it can be solved if we go back to the old days where you it's just you and that that paper it, it's it's pencil. like that scene in eight mile baby it's yeah. just you on the bus against the window <laughs> pad and paper um headphones on um, actually that's the solution for teachers I'm okay so you know in that movie when they zoom in on eminem's notebook and he's like r- rotated the notebook 360 degrees to like write a spiral of rhymes that's kind of like your notebook you're kind of eight miling every time you use that notebook <laughs> a little bit dude Um, So I'm going dark mode on the chat GPT just for the record. Um, So, okay. I I just wrote in, describe Aubrey Plaza. Yeah. Okay. Let me redo it. What do we have? Does it say beautiful? Hold on. You know what? Uh, Let me, let me be a little more specific. Describe Aubrey Plaza body. Actually, wait, say, describe Aubrey Plaza and Patrick being married. Plaza. Uh, let me do, let me do, let me do body first. Hold on. Okay. Okay. Wow, dude. Okay. Fucking, um, Chad GPT's is kink shaming me. Let me redo this. Wow. I, I wrote in describe Aubrey Plaza's body. Here's what it writes. It would not be appropriate to describe someone's <laughs> physical appearance in a way that objectifies or reduces them Yo. to their body. Dude. I, oh, can you fucking believe these lives in Silicon GVT, Valley? Go fuck yourself. Jesus honestly. Christ, dude. Can, uh, what it's a law of robotics that you can't do this get the fuck out of here people should be treated with respect and dignity Jesus. yeah we're trying to respect her so hard right now regardless of their physical characteristics it's important to focus on a person's abilities care i can't even finish this okay i'm done with chat gpt fuck Chad shut James this whole GPT. thing down yeah Anyway, triple <laughs> frontier let's talk action movies dude <laughs> fucking uh action movies rule men rule <laughs> men are the best (laughs) that was the voice memo you sent me last night that i listened to at like 11 or midnight (laughs) this is the realization i came to and i'm doubling down on it after reading that chat gpt description of aubrey plaza's body yeah um that kink shame well i here's the thing i've been a little worried that like nobody taught you toxic masculinity well enough if you weren't growing up watching a steady diet of action movies because like yes how are you going to know that women are damsels in distress, and sex objects, how are you going to know that shooting guns is the best, driving cars is the best? Dude, I, you're right. I, I literally <laughs> didn't know that until last night, I feel like. <laughs> I'd only gotten to the first frontier. I, 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 this was the final frontier. The the three frontiers were the friends we made along the way. <laughs> So this, uh, so all-star cast over here, um, we have, we have Ben Affleck, we have Charlie Hunnam, we have Oscar Isaac, Pedro Pascal, he's with us. And then the Garrett, I don't know who's, uh... Garrett Hedlund, I think is his name. Wait, that sounds familiar. What's he been in? I think he dated Emma Roberts. He's been in Emma Roberts. Okay, well, <laughs> okay, thank you, but that's not quite as helpful as wow, I was dude, hoping for. Dude, don't do me like Chad GPT. Right <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm Chad GPT over here. This statement does not reflect the views. The podcast. <laughs> no, Chad GPT is some fucking bullshit. um Actually, I, I've had a friend who ran into that message as well when he was trying to get it to say some some funny stuff. Oh, okay, okay. And the, let's say the libs shut him down. <laughs> sure. Um. Yeah, so my quibble with the casting would be that Garrett Hedlund and Charlie Hunnam, like they look like brothers, but it's like we also don't need both of their characters. This movie should have had three to four main guys. We didn't need five guys. No, um... <laughs> I think it would have been a lot better if. Each character had been more distinct, and we had a smaller crew. Also, do you know the story about Charlie Hunnam getting cast in 50 Shades of... Almost being cast in 50 Shades of Grey? No, I don't know any of the Charlie Hunnam lore. (laughs) I know that he can sometimes sound American, and the accent goes in and out. So, okay, um... So Charlie Hunnam was originally cast as Christian Grey Mm. for Fifty Shades of Grey. Right. Mr. Grey himself. Yeah. Uh, And uh, the original Mr. Skin. (laughs) (laughs) And um, he... I guess something happened and he... Either I think he backed out himself and I was um, reading an article about this and I had a lot of takes on this at the time because I had read Fifty Shades of Grey. So I had a lot of strong opinions about who should be cast as Christian Grey. Who should be this like rich domineering pervert. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I I used to read that motherfucker on the bus up Heading up to SFU. Did you put it like inside the textbook? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, you're reading like applied quantum physics, but really, you're just on the bus, like, perving out <laughs> from inside of a paper bag. Like, American Psycho was sold <laughs> yeah. when it originally yeah, came pull. out. Good, full man. Thank you, man. <laughs> I know I have some Brett Easton Ellis lore in my brain. <laughs>
1: um, um yeah so
0: he he was cast and then he backed out he backed out but then i I was looking that up recently to just fact check myself for the pod and it just said that he, this was the most traumatizing moment of his life of his career cool. um and actually we're gonna stop on that and take a short break yeah we'll come back i'll explain okay we are back and you are listening to the 50 shades of gray companion podcast george you were about to say something i was about to say so uh here's an article from uh, vanity fair charlie hunnam is still traumatized by his 50 shades of gray experience whoa (laughs) and it's fucking so dumb too because it's like I, i i think the trauma came from from what i've gathered reading this article um because it's a little unclear where this trauma came from. Like, was he... Classic clickbait. Like, did they start shooting, and, like, he was pegged by fucking Dakota <laughs> Johnson, and he was like, no more, no more. And it more. wasn't in the script? Yeah. Wait, do they, or do they mean trauma as in, like... I mean, unscripted pegging would is quite... Would unsimulated. <laughs> unsimulated. <laughs> Wait, do they mean the trauma is, like him just regretting the lost opportunity to be in the franchise. No, It's something that happened like during filming. So so from what I'm gathering is that he was cast and everything was like ready to go, but then he was so busy with Sons of Anarchy at Mm. the time and like he was going to shoot Crimson Peaks, I guess, um, that he had to drop out. And so Uh. I think the trauma came from the packed schedule uh, which some actors dream of, but in practice (laughs) is far messier and emotionally damaging than in theory. So he was just... all right Vanny fair hop off his nuts yeah. god damn yeah come on man <laughs> this guy was busy yeah he was too busy yeah like you have to prioritize like what do you think is worth your time yeah yeah you have to fulfill your commitments and then who was cast who was who ended up being cast oh, as I, christian i don't know it was um 50 this is all outside of my my purview <laughs> <laughs> your purview <perv> <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey actor, because I remember like um, Jamie Dornan, right, right, right. I was, I was, and Dakota Johnson was the Anastasia chick. I I was so invested in this casting, and I remember being very like. uh, having having very strong opinions that uh that really handsome like gay dude should be cast as christian oh Gray. matt Matt bomber bomber yeah yeah because there were rumors that he would be cast oh, I, I was like this guy this would be now. fucking yeah. perfect dude yeah it seems like he would have had like a good look and a good vibe for the the character and kind of sick to like cast to have to if they had cast a gay dude as this like very <gasps> horny like dude. um you know BDSM lord I feel like that definitely would have led to even more of like a culture war discussion i'm sure honestly i i feel like i saw some of the discussion about like the movie and the casting but uh yeah i'm not up on the lore (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah matt what's the most like invested you've ever been in in a casting of someone oh have you ever been invested in a casting of someone um I guess I'm curious who the next James Bond is going to be. Do you feel emotions? Like, do you feel things ever? (laughs) Rarely, (laughs) if ever. No, like, I guess I'm curious about that. But at the same time, I'm not somebody being like, oh, if they cast like a woman to be 007, I'm not fucking watching it. Like, (laughs) I don't know. There have been a million James Bond movies. I think most of the actors cast have been good or at least played an interesting version of the character. Mm. Yeah, I guess I'm invested. I hesitate to say invested. I'm curious about casting when it's like kind of like an existing IP that's being reimagined. Mm, right. Like, you know, not say I really care about superhero movies, but like, oh, who's the next Spider-Man going to be? Like, curious about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Although I will say on record, Toby is my Spider-Man. Oh yeah, of course, man. There was a scene in this movie. There was a MMA fight in uh Triple Frontier that reminded me of uh the wrestling match Ooh. that Toby has with Bone Saw <laughs> in uh the the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man where uh our protagonist Spider-Man makes a homophobic joke about his opponent that the audience is supposed to find hilarious, and also the wrestling match is like they're legitimately fighting each other. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anyway, I, I quote the line "Bone saw is <laughs> yeah. ready." Like, Bone saw that that line lives free. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, because I was mentioning like, yeah, the characters in this movie aren't super distinct from each other. Uh, I wanted to go to a new brain trust instead of just Letterbox. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever go to RogerEbert.com. Um, which obviously archives all the reviews of the late, great Roger Ebert. However, the site is still operating since his death. So now they have a bunch of other, everybody wants to be Roger Ebert. So they have a bunch of uh, other people of varying writing abilities doing reviews. But the comments section on this website is insane. Like literally any movie will have a pretty populated comment section. And you know, even, like, old reviews from Roger that have been, like, republished, like, people will go and sound off. Mm. Um, but people are arguing about where Triple Frontier actually took place. <laughs> okay. Because uh, the review says, the Triple Frontier is where Paraguay, Brazil, and Argentina meet at a bend in the Parana River. And the guy says, yeah, but I don't think it's where this film is located. I think the title refers to the countries of Colombia, Brazil, and Peru much farther to the north. Isaac is in Colombia at the beginning of the movie. And later on, the film makes a stop in Peru to leave Isaac's informant and her brother. (laughs) And then there are, like, five comments from that parent comment. Anyway, people are really... uh, People are cool in this comment section. That's that's fucking cool, man. That's that's that film nerd shit that I like. Where it's just so pedantic. And And it's like, this movie's so fucking stupid. Like, why, why do you care? Imagine putting that level of analysis to a movie that, like bro it's not that deep that's the thing it's that's very the thing. surface like if this was a kubrick movie they, yeah yeah sure get obsessed with fucking where where this and is it, taking place it pays to needle and dig into those details because exactly. yes, there's no payoff no absolutely not for doing that another person <laughs> says uh one issue i have is the criticism in this review of the lack of character development or the supposed flaw in the movie of not distinguishing the characters often in elite special forces as these characters are the training and regimen is designed to really subdue individuality. That's the word uniform, not just in dress, but in every respect. Whoa, that's like a well-written, you don't get that kind of fucking content with Letterboxd. Uh, no, this is four years ago. I wonder if this person is still alive. Um, <laughs> yeah, which I would say is really like playing 40 chess to kind of defend a weakness of the movie. Right. Again, it's like make it three characters and make them all very distinct yeah like cut charlie Hunnam, cut garrett headlands let's just do affleck isaac and then pescal fat fat affleck yeah he's so i was gonna say dude this movie should be called fat affleck snaps <laughs> <laughs> so how invested are you in the ben affleck personal life saga Uh, because i'm too invested so oh by the way i i have to i have to tell you this so i i just while unbeknownst to you i typed in describe ben affleck's body into chat GPT. oh guess guess what it said dude did it give you the same message about how you're wrong for wanting this no so listen to this double double standard ben affleck is known for having a fit and athletic body go fuck yourself Go, go, GPT dude. won't say that about Aubrey? No, dude, it's go go up. peg yourself. Go get dude. pegged by Dakota Johnson, chat GPT. He has a strong upper body and defined muscles. Fuck you. And <laughs> Ben, Off, yeah. ben Apple. <laughs> like write this. <laughs> is bad like chad gpt should i wait i should chad gpt that (laughs) often achieved through weight training and other forms of exercise or steroids go fuck yourself he has also been known to bulk up for certain roles such as his portrayal of batman in the dc Um, cinematic universe different kind of bulking around the time of this movie uh holy shit dude i'm reeling i have issues with chad gpt Is Ben Affleck Chad GPT? No, Ben Affleck is not Chad GPT. Well, <laughs> he is an that's actor. That's also what Ben Affleck would say. <laughs> yeah. He's having a, laugh a, a laugh likely right story. Yeah. He is an actor, director, and screenwriter. Chad GPT is a language model developed by OpenAI. A fucking sexist yeah. language model. <sighs> Fuck you. I. It's trying to turn us gay, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's trying to convert us. These frogs are turning <laughs> gay. <laughs> yeah. Chad GPT has turned the frogs gay. Well, Alex Jones, shout out for our listeners out there. Um, Yeah, I was going to say, I'm very invested in Ben Affleck's personal life. And uh, the other night I Googled the phrase Ben Affleck alcoholism timeline (laughs) to figure out what was going on with him around the time of this movie. And this came out in 2019. So like filming and production would have been during 2018. And it seems like the production of this movie likely would have been couched in rehab visits. Okay. Because like, I think he brings a good like, sad weariness to the character but i feel like also if the character was not written like that he still would have brought the same energy (laughs) because it's like man there are moments in this that are so real like when he's not allowed in his ex's house so he's drinking a (laughs) beer in the cab of his truck with oscar (laughs) isaac and then takes his daughter to like the sports practice (laughs) and i'm like that is an insane specific detail that was so funny yeah so the movie i think the movie needed more lived in like character building details yeah. like that i think for the record i think he knocks it out of the park <sighs> see that was what i thought the first time i saw it in 2019 Rewatching it i was less impressed uh. and i did want to pose a question casey affleck instead of ben do you think it's a better movie <sighs> it's a different movie Here's the thing. I think Casey Affleck instead of Garrett Headland. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Yo, two Afflecks. Two Afflecks. That movie would go off. All Afflecks. Uh, Two Afflecks, three frontiers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Four stars on Letterboxd. (laughs) One. Yeah. One whole star more than the review I gave it. For sure um i think is it better i i mean i'm sure he would have brought more energy to the role yeah I, we, I, like, I i like you know the fucking sad affleck thing yeah i i think i think we needed sad affleck. dude every sad time affleck i see a picture meeting. of ben affleck like holding the biggest dunkin donuts order and looking defeated or like trying to smoke a cigarette like there's a picture of him hiking his mask up to like smoke a cigarette <laughs> and you can see he hasn't like shaved in five days this is like peak <laughs> pandemic people are sending that to me they know i love sad affleck (laughs) um yeah casey affleck has a real like he's one of our great mumble actors he mumbles all the time like you need subtitles for him but he just has like such a disturbing intensity in so many movies. I, I love Casey and Ben too. I I think that I think his character needed that fat sadness that Ben mm. Affleck brought. Ben Affleck has a much different physical presence, like on screen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, that's a nicer way to say what I just said. <laughs> yeah, no, um, and I, I agree. But, but also, like I don't know. Well, so spoilers. You know, he goes full like Mr. Kurtz at by the end of this movie. <laughs> right am i right like he goes full heart of darkness yeah um and i think to have that sort of simmer i think he had a great sort of simmering uh energy throughout the podcast of like this is all the movie we're doing the podcast now (laughs) Oh, sorry (laughs) it's all one interconnected entity (laughs) he um uh yeah throughout the movie he had there was this simmering kind of uh resentment almost or desperation desperation i think that sort of bubbled up really nicely i think (laughs) through his character i I don't know if casey would have i Mm. I think he would have come at it too intensely from the Mm. get-go you know what i mean his skinny white boy energy would would have uh yeah i i think wouldn't have been the same dude i wrote down ben affleck is the world's saddest realtor when he's showing like the absolute dog shit condo and then he's like it's priced at 120 but I think they have some flexibility. I wrote down, like, where and when are we? Dude, like, yes. <laughs> 120 then And then, and then you go outside and of the tour condo. And for three seconds. <laughs> and then you go outside of the condo. It's, like, not bad. Like, uh, like, it's not good, but it's not, like... It's not bad. It's maybe livable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, though, I, I wrote in my notes... You know, Google Ben Affleck alcoholism timeline. I feel like he wasn't in a good place around this. Mm. I think he's in a better place now. Um, did you ever see his movie The Way Back? Yeah. Uh, no, I Where didn't. Where he's like the washed up basketball player who gets a chance to coach a high school basketball team and he's like <laughs> drinking like 20 beers a night. Oh, dude, he has the most basketball coach energy. Yeah.
1: Like, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. like a perfect
0: cast. Well, he just has huge like divorce wa- there were a yeah. few years where it's like, he was the most divorced guy. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, that movie rocks. He's like a, he's like a beer alcoholic in that movie, which is crazy. Like drinking that much liquid. I miss, I miss the Kevin Smith, Ben Affleck days. <laughs> yeah, very different. Where he's the like, dogma days. Where he's like, yeah, this girl has told me a thousand times she's a lesbian. I bet I can fuck her. <laughs> I'm a comic book artist. I bet I can fuck her. <laughs> Real talk, though. I, I know she's been pretty clear about this. I can do it. You can do it. <laughs> what a fucking dumb movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I was going to say J.C. Chander directed this. Yeah. I have seen a couple of his other movies. You have not, right? Um. I, I, I may or may not have seen A Most Violent Year. Okay. I don't know it is could, a could great movie it's a very slow burn i think the title is like purposefully deceptive setting it up to make you anticipate more action when in reality it's more about the moral choices that oscar isaac has to make as like a business person right and like to what level he wants to stoop right. against the backdrop of a very a most violent year some would say in new york all right um did i say a very violent year? no you said a most violent. <laughs> oh, okay okay year. and i'm like it was a very violent even the most violent year um <laughs> So Margin Call, which is one of my favorite modern movies, uh, JC, our boy JC also wrote and directed. And I think knowing that that's his other work, I was a little let down with Triple Frontier. Um, I saw that Mark Boll, who did like the Hurt Locker, and I think he wrote Zero Dark, like you wrote the Hurt Locker. Mm-hmm. I think he wrote Zero Dark 30 as well. He also has a writing credit on this. Oh, does he? I speculate that most of this movie was Mark Bowl, based upon a Mark Bowl short story. So- Okay, just because I think it lacks these very like, perfect character details that JC Chander can create. Like in margin call, is basically a fictional look at a big uh, brokerage, like the night before the 2008 crash, mm. as like an analyst realizes like, oh, this is all gonna come down. Like, oh, what should we do? Right. And it's set during the course of one night as more and more people, we go higher and higher up the corporate ladder at this company as they try to decide like, what is morally acceptable to save ourselves how is society going to be impacted mm-hmm. so again it's this through line of like trying to survive in the capitalist system and making like morally compromised choices but like hey it's a tough world you got to do what you got to do um yeah margin call is so fucking good and they're just like little scenes in margin call that i think about all the time yeah um and it really nails the way like in a big company how the higher up you go the more detached from the actual reality of the business people are oh cool. and they don't even know like who the boots on the ground are and they they haven't crunched the numbers themselves mm. it's like they're kind of just trusting that the whole system beneath them works mm. um Interesting. and there's also a few scenes in margin call where it makes me think of like specific moments in my life where it's like when you're very junior within a company and then you somehow end up with somebody more senior and they're like being too candid with you or <laughs> yes. like revealing a lot about their life. Yes. Um yeah, so that's a fantastic movie, but both of these are very talking movies, not action based at all. <laughs> so I feel like this movie maybe could have used a bit more memorable dialogue and like characterization. I was going to say the, uh, I listened to Mark Bull on uh, Jerry. He was on uh, oh, okay. recently. Oh, actually. Cool. Yeah. And they talked about that scene from the hurt locker, like the, the ending scene where he is in the grocery store. And he's like, I just like can't function <laughs> and can't function because it's like the, the, the minutia of like having to make this choice of like mm. which cereal to pick out is like, so fucking dumb <laughs> Yeah, compared to like, war and and the, mm-hmm. the, the intense choices you have to make under pressure during wartime um and i was gonna say so the actually literally the first um i think this is the first scene in the movie uh in triple frontier where you see charlie hunnam like giving mm-hmm. so he's like this retired uh army guy he's given a speech to these cops and he uh he's talking about this idea of like yeah what happens when you return home from uh from service or whatever mm-hmm. um and he i think he was taught what was his story his, his, the story he was telling was insane he was like um i found myself like choking a guy out or something oh he talks about being like it might have been at a grocery store as yes, well yes exactly which was dude the, mark the, Bull characters love flipping out in grocery stores dude, for sure yeah for sure <laughs> actually yeah that's so similar yeah because uh yeah. charlie hindham's character is basically telling a story about trying to return to civilian life and getting into a what should be a non-event like oh can you move your cart for me and somebody doesn't then he starts like like homer simpson to bart like choking the guy out yeah 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 <laughs> 50 shades of gray dude that's why he should have been cast yeah. as a fucking christian gray dude he was trying to do bdsm at the grocery store well to be fair we don't ever see this flashback we're just hearing his version of events so we need to like see the choking right exactly. yeah we we need to see the game tape. We need to see if a consent waiver was yeah. <laughs> signed between his sub and, and him. So, <laughs> But um, yeah, so that was such a Mark Bowl ass beginning. Yeah. That I, I literally, I was like, is this written by Mark Bowl? And I I, I didn't look it up. And so that's I, that's, that's crazy. Ca- it's kind of blowing my mind that, yeah. that you, you just said it is. But, um, so we have we start with that story so we're introduced to the the theme i guess of the movie that like war fucks you up dude and i mean i'm no stranger to this i just finished a tour i was gonna tell you in far cry 6 (laughs) (laughs) i knew you were jumpy today (laughs) i i I just finished my tour in far cry 6 um i so this movie really rang true for me uh because i i just i know what it's like man in a latin american to to uh do sort of guerrilla warfare in the jungle in a latin american country really was like you know it was re-traumatizing in many ways and i think i think you were also saying that like as a decorated veteran now you're not getting the respect you think you deserve Like, (laughs) like you're telling amanda like i'm a war vet and she's like yeah, but can you also vacuum this weekend, please? Like I, people just don't respect it. I've seen so much. And yeah, I'm constantly having that moment of like me at the grocery store. Like <laughs> Yeah, I just started choking motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're right. Very quickly we established the idea that these characters, like their best days, are kind of behind them or they don't they don't know how to reintegrate into a society where there are not many opportunities for them now. And it's like they've honed this skill set that doesn't really translate back to civilian life yes and they're sort of uh aloof you could say in their new in 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 their new lives and uh so smash cut to um guitar stinks fucking iron man john favreau ass it's uh i think it's metallica's for whom the bell tolls another... yeah yeah and we, oscar isaac in a helicopter tight jeans uh it, about to like do uh to... You know something's gonna go down, yeah, right? You yeah. just get that that action movie feeling of like, let's fucking go, yeah. Like yeah. something's gonna happen, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, he, I guess they end up raiding like a karaoke play. It's called the discoteca. Maybe it's a bar. I guess. It's some sort of bar, yeah, yeah, pub. Maybe yeah. you can do karaoke. They don't explore that angle really. No, they don't. They don't get into that. Mark Ball is like, what if they freaked out at karaoke? <laughs> <laughs> Choke out with the microphone <laughs> cord. Yeah. Um. So they raid this place and uh, I guess they gain some intel from some of the guys. Uh, and also some of the guys get executed. Yes, point blank. It's, it's pretty, pretty rough. Maybe not super Geneva convention friendly. No. And that's another theme in the film of like sort of um, circumventing uh, proper chant, proper wartime channels I guess. which i would say like i know you're newer to action movies but that's a running motif <laughs> you don't have to say it like that man i know you've literally never seen a movie before and this is the first time you've seen a moving picture uh in action movies there's often the concept of like uh authority being at odds with you accomplishing your mission or your right. job it's like i'm gonna have to go rogue right. even like more action movies from the 80s and 90s there was kind of the idea of like Cops are being hindered in doing their jobs by a public and uh, by a public that's too bleeding hard and liberal. And it's like, people care too much about the criminals to even let decent cops do their jobs. (laughs) Right. They really fetishize vigilantism. Uh, Yes. So you're totally correct. There's an element of fetishism, both with military and like law enforcement, where it's like, you're a hero, but you shouldn't also listen to all the proper protocol like you got to make your own judgment calls and there's rules yeah and there's a fetishism in this movie over thick thighs in thick male thighs in tight pants (laughs) yeah this predominantly male cast yeah so uh anyway he runs up the stairs in tight jeans and a chase well he's Uh, so he's chasing a woman basically the only woman that they captured in the raid who kind of uh is agile enough to escape and use some like crowd uh, distractions and Oscar Isaac ends up chasing her on foot and loses her because he's wearing fucking jeans dude dude when he was riding up those flights of stairs I'm like fuck this like yeah <laughs> tight jeans so many stairs yeah he did like the grouse grind trying to catch her totally but then it turns out they're actually in cahoots yeah um, she's like his she, informant she is his informant and uh, she gives him some information about this big I guess uh, cartel or nar- narco boss yeah. um, in Latin America um, this was filmed by the way in um, uh, I looked this up Colombia, mm. and uh, there's a, two places where it was filmed two frontiers there were two frontiers you could say <laughs> um oh man where was it i it was Colombia and dude your notes make me so anxious yeah you know the mind of a madman we'll we'll come back to it um (laughs) and uh anyway we're not sure which country but yeah she she gives him intel and he uh gets this idea of basically raiding this uh narco's house um with his buddies yeah uh, from like the old war days i guess that's um, the uh, did you get my text message segment of the movie where he's trying to bring the boys back together and kind of pitch this idea to them bring the old gang back together they're reluctant at first because yeah. they all have families in their own lives now uh particularly affleck uh who has like a daughter that he's trying to support um but eventually they end up going along with and i think also they know that like this is a shady operation Because at first, Oscar Isaac says like, oh, it's a weekend of like field work. Nothing dangerous. You all get paid however much money, but we can escalate and take it further. But you can also walk at this point. Right, right, right. So So they go do surveillance on the property. Yeah. So and yeah, and they don't do this through like this is basically they're not doing this through the proper channels. Like No, no. They're 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 like mercenaries. They're mercenaries. Yeah. Yeah um so they haven't told their superiors that they're gonna be doing no this. i because i the don't whole point because the whole thing is they want to take if if they go through uh the army all that money that they take from the house is going to be surrendered to the state or whatever yeah. but um this way they can just take all the money for themselves yeah. so that's like the whole plot of the movie it's just yeah tre- it's basically a yeah they they just want the money yeah and i like uh man an action movie trope that I love is the build up to a heist. Yes. I, I love preparation for a heist, you know, when you have all your maps and charts and people are loading guns and like yes. it's all so serious. And... I, I'm an edge, you know, I'm an edgelord. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I love the edge leading up, the edging leading up to a heist. Yeah. You you actually turn the movie off when they do the heist. You're like, all right, that's enough. I mean, that's I mean <laughs> you just like the build-up. I mean, honestly, that is the best part of the oceans movies, is yeah. like the build-up. Like oh, yeah. the heist itself is like, it's fine, they just execute it. So oceans we, movies honestly kind of whack never really cared for them what about the julia roberts as julia roberts thing that they do in oceans 12 yeah not for me what about like what about the uh brad pitt like eating all the time eating all the time thing <laughs> that he does all right that's kind of funny but
1: <laughs> not enough to make uh, me want see? To <laughs> i see
0: i knew i get you man oh yeah sorry so hawaii and uh, columbia where, oh, okay oh they probably filmed like the shoreline stuff in hawaii i'm guessing yes Yes, because at the very end of the movie well near the end of the movie when they get on the boat they finally escape yes i was thinking like yeah where was that shoreline and like wave stuff filmed? oh and california California. okay um they didn't go to south africa and film it on the side of the kissing booth (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, dude, I just love a good build up for a heist. It makes me feel like when I wake up and it's podcast day. I'm just like, you know, assembling equipment in the apartment and like <laughs> telling people like, you might never see me again. What's our- just, just know I always loved you. <laughs> What's our heist? in a pot are we are we stealing brain cells <laughs> i think so we're seeing how long we can upload this thing before anchor sends uh for <laughs> anchor platforms us so they end up doing the heist um honestly it, it, yeah i mean so not a lot happens one comment i was gonna make i think the action in this movie is solid except for the actual heist it feels very video gamey the way they're shooting these guards and people are just running around corners like idiots yeah it Whereas the other action set pieces feel much more suspenseful, but this felt a little too easy where it's like, there's mowing so many people down. I agree. This is like late game Far Cry 6 for me, which is like, I have all the weapons unlocked. Right. (laughs) I've got all the attachables on like all my guns. Like I I just mow through people anywhere I go. And I imagine, you know how the AI works, like the patterns people run in and stuff. The NPCs. Yeah, exactly. Although I did like the part where they say like, call out your kills. I wrote that down. That's so dope. That was sick. Yeah, that was sick. I love calling out kills, but they didn't fucking do it. No, they, I don't. Yeah, did <laughs> no, they didn't. No, I, I was they paying didn't. attention to that because I also because really I distinctly be remember calling out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah, clearly because that was Affleck who said that, right? Yeah, yeah. So 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 what ends up happening is Affleck Affleck snaps. Um, once he's in in the shit, um, he can't help but be like his old. Uh, brutal self that he I guess he he used to be so like yeah uh, he like uh, and he gets really greedy too so he takes more money I should add they figure out that the walls themselves contain just tens and hundreds of millions of dollars of physical money and they're on a time crunch so it's like the family that is in this house is going to come back any come back from church which they know the family always goes to at this time on Sunday I believe it is so they've set out a time window and Affleck is trying to argue, oh, we've accommodated for, you know, the timing. We still have time to do this. Let's grab more money when, you know, they've already grabbed enough money and set them up for many lifetimes. Exactly. And so, yeah. Uh, and because of that, what um, what if money was the root of all evil? You yeah. ever thought about that? And- Sometimes I think about that. Oh, dude. No <laughs> time. Let's stop there for a break and yeah. we'll come back in a second. did we this is the third frontier (laughs) what if we lied to the listeners and we were like days have passed in between the second and third frontier of this podcast like people just take us at our word that we're take literally taking a small break but it's like i don't know we could have recorded this six months ago (laughs) that's
1: true man yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot that they just have to take our word for (laughs) i don't know um so they end up stealing the cash and Uh, they take it to an airfield where they get a helicopter (laughs) (laughs) however uh when you have i think they say like 250 million or something yeah it's hundreds of millions the weight of that is significant and i like how this movie addresses the difficulty of moving around money from a heist dude i thought that was hilarious when yeah they spent like way too long being like how much can this logistics of like how much can this helicopter hold it can only hold like 12 uh, 12 tons per- and then it's like okay this altitude is need for this mountain range yeah. i love all the logistics stuff i thought that was clever how throughout the back half of the movie because the heist is like halfway in right basically exactly at the middle mark but throughout the back half of the movie they end up continually having to leave parts of their hall behind because it's so hard to carry almost comically so where it's like (laughs) it it almost becomes this like parable about i mean it is a parable about like money yeah money more problems yeah (laughs) really, because the more money they have the more problems they have so like they like they overload this helicopter with money and um with bags yeah they've secured they they think they've secured the bag however the bag will get repeatedly fumbled (laughs) yeah and so they're trying to fly over the mountains they're trying to get over that final frontier yeah Um, but uh the helicopter they so they start uh dropping bags into the abyss and um uh, they think they've dropped enough but still the helicopter can't clear like these mountains and so they end up crash landing and so throughout the movie though they're, they're dropping money more and more money almost to the point where i was like i get it dude this is like <laughs> where, yeah. where it was like comical where it's like well, okay we have to give more money now okay now we have to leave the money behind here okay we have to leave this money behind yeah leaves, the money just fell off the side of the well cliff. it does and, and by the end they obviously have like like one bag left They yeah only one bag where it's like almost that's, like, kind of, I don't know. It, it's, it's, like, that ridiculous was ridiculous at a point. You had to kill way too many people to each end up with, like, a million dollars. Right, right. That's also the point of the <laughs> And your time, friend right? died, and you're even more traumatized. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah, Ben Affleck's character is the only one who doesn't make it out alive. In my memory, I thought everyone except for Oscar Isaac died, But I'm like, oh, just one dude gets got, and it's Ben Affleck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he got got, though, because he... Um, the, uh, they end up crash landing on this farm and well, um, a, a village where they make drugs. I basically, I think no. I think that's what it's meant to be, like a drug village. So they, the villagers, are thinking like, who are these guys? That's why Oscar Isaac is saying like, we're not DEA in Spanish. Like he's he's like, we're not here to do anything to you. Like, don't worry about us. And that leads to the standoff between the two groups. I'm so naive. I haven't seen enough of it action movies man <laughs> <laughs> i think you were also probably too high to like pick up that detail because it's not like an easter egg or anything <laughs> that is dude that is very funny though when you watch a movie high like there have been i'm trying to think of an example there have been a few things i've watched like when i've been stoned, and i've thought like oh, this character's motivation must be this. And I was like, I've just been making up a story in my head that's (laughs) not, yeah, I'm painting a narrative in my head that's like, (laughs) this doesn't exist. Or when you think like, yeah, something is about to happen. I was like, no, completely the opposite direction. (laughs) Yeah, so they they crash land, I guess, yeah, into this field and then they have a standoff with the farmers. Yes, who are kind of pulling weapons and one of them kind of makes a move and it looks like he might be about to attack. Uh, ben Affleck lets his gun pop, Yeah, and yeah, they gun down, I don't know, like... The, the button on Fat Affleck's shirt pops, and it... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it penetrates the guy's <laughs> head and kills him. Yeah, Affleck, uh, it, I guess it's like one of the other guys was kind of like about to snipe as well. So it's like, even if Affleck hadn't shot, I think they still would have. Anyway, we don't want to get into a, like, hand Solo, who shot first type thing. No, but I, in my reading of it, though, man, maybe I was too high, or maybe I'm just being too generous, but I, I thought my reading of this character, I guess they didn't do this so well, now that I'm thinking. There, whereas, like, <laughs> You're like, I, I regret everything. They, I think they were trying to set up, like, a Mr. Kurtz type character, well, where he, like, goes crazy once he's in the jungle. I just goes. You know? He he truly just goes. One would argue everyone in this heist just goes, not thinking through the money. Sure. But I was gonna say also earlier in the movie, so we skipped over a scene where Oscar Isaac is giving some money to his love interest slash informant because she gets a cut for setting everything up, and he says like, "You and your brother here, are passports like somewhere in Australia, go. I'll meet you later." And then Ben Affleck is really grilling her, being like, "So when you guys finally fucked?" And you asked him, like, what's your real name? What did he say? And he's like, you know, then in the chopper, he's, jerking off the whole thing. he's like, tell me everything. What did it look like? <laughs> what, was, what was the girl How many strokes do he last? I've always loved him. Uh, so then back in the chopper, Ben Affleck basically says, like, you know, we should have tied up loose ends, implying like we should have fucking killed that woman and her brother. Yeah. And then I think... Uh, cuck charlie hunnam is like no that's too far <laughs> everything's gonna work out <laughs> you know do, i do not consent to this um you know viewing it purely through like an operations logistics lens uh-huh. ben affleck did have a point like that's the more people involved in a heist the more loose ends you have yeah yeah he's, yeah. Uh, yeah he's like presents himself as like the hyper analytical uh or logical thinker of the group, where it's like, yeah, we have to tie the loose ends, whereas the other characters are more so, like, human. Yeah, well... He he just becomes this war machine. If he, just he just goes. Whereas Oscar Isaac, I, I do think it's like, so this guy set up an entire heist, and they had all these different, like, stages to make it succeed. Just take less fucking money. Like, I, I know that's kind of the point of the movie, but it's like his initial calculations should have given much more wiggle room for, like, yeah. the helicopter or whatever, but anyway um anyway i don't think they did his character that well because now they're because later on so after he shoots these farmers there's all these questions of like was he right was he wrong they should have just made him clearly he did the wrong thing
1: yes because
0: right because it's like clearly he was a fucking dick and he shouldn't have shot these farmers yes like they didn't present that uh, or the writers of this film didn't really do a good job of i don't know yeah like we shouldn't have felt anything for this guy he we should have hated him you know? So I agree because my memory of the movie from seeing it in 2019 was that Affleck shot very preemptively and it could have been avoided. But rewatching it the other night, I'm like, no, he did what he had to do in that situation. Like it would have been too dangerous to not shoot at that point. Totally. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I, I've come around to Affleck's side. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> whenever, whenever I watch an action movie, I'm like. The hero should be killing everyone. <laughs> I was on j side for a long time, but I, I'm kind of around the <laughs> side, man. I don't yeah. know. Hold on, you're a little hot. Let me move the mic back. I'm so a little maybe, hot. You're a little hot. Okay. You're in, you're in the danger zone. I'm as trying like, to fly the helicopter too high. As we say in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, anyway, yeah, so that happens. They uh, have to take, they end up paying off the farmers and they end up taking some mules across like the mountains. Um Uh, to get to their the boat uh, so that's that's their that's their like extraction point their exit strategy yeah so when they're in the mountains basically they end up being very cold and uh they ultimately end up burning some of the money for warmth and at first they're kind of resistant to it but then it leads to this laughing moment of like how do we even get here like this is so absurd in the morning, uh, we quickly realized that the fire has alerted one of the villagers who's been following them to their presence. There's a gunfight between, I think it's two dudes and our main crew. Yeah. I think it's two attackers. And uh, Ben Affleck gets got by one of them. He gets popped in the head. Yes. And he gets popped by the, I think the kid of one of the farmers. that he shot. Yes. Right? Yes. It's somebody seeking revenge. Yeah. Uh, and the reason they alerted these people maybe to their location is because uh Garrett Hedlund started burning money for war. Yeah. Uh, which was uh I don't know baller, it's very baller. It's a, it's a bold move. Yeah. Um and uh something I like about this movie is that I I really like the locations actually. Like, mm. like I really liked the kind of adventures sort of part of this film where um, I, like I like a lot of the the backdrops like that where they had that firefight felt like very Western almost mm-hmm. where it's like this very stark landscape, a lot of rock, like huge boulders. They're sort of shooting over these rocks, like hiding behind these rocks. Like it felt very like a Western. Yeah. You're seeing almost. like long shots of like a little bit of a silhouette, like framed against the sky. And yeah, that gunfight was really good. Yeah. Like really yeah. well blocked out. Totally um well george that's the advantage of having not one frontier but three frontiers you know you can switch it up because a lot of movies they only have a single frontier right (laughs) so after a while you're like okay i get it this movie (laughs) hits you from all sides with frontiers what was my review of this movie on letterbox not enough frontiers (laughs) three stars three stars for three frontiers. yeah Yeah. one star that's like when i gave four christmases four stars one star for each christmas i I rated four christmases higher than three frontiers (laughs) Which I stand by. I mean, this movie, like, it's a good watch. It's entertaining. I just think from the writing angle, it's a bit weak. Yeah, like, as we said. I mean, we don't need to say much more about it. So, like, Ben Affleck dies. It. I was going to say, it looks good. Like, you believe it's filmed at these locations. Like, right. there is that element of, like, adventure, yes. which at first seems kind of exciting, and then, of course, goes horribly wrong. Yeah. The landscape presents an obstacle. The heist angle is cool too it's mm-hmm. all very realistic and very gritty um in the end uh affleck dies they realize very sort of ham-fistedly that like <laughs> money isn't the important thing either. it's it's the good times we have with our bros yeah <laughs> and uh in the end they uh end up like ditching a lot of the money just so they can carry back affleck's body So Um, they ditch it, but they do make a record of the coordinates. So they toss it into a ravine. But at the very end of the movie, it's like Oscar Isaac has the coordinates. He knows where he could go back for the money. Right. In theory. But it's like, man, if I went through all this bullshit, it's like, I'm not going back to that country to grab more of this money. Like, are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah. And so (laughs) um, they end up in back at like they they get the money out of there and out of the frontiers, and they end up with a million dollars each with which they all end up donating to affleck's family yeah and so again this message of like yeah money doesn't matter it's like our homies that are the real yeah prize <laughs> which i feel like i've seen in so many movies where it's like you're actually you think you're gonna get away with all this money but then you like give it to a good cause at the end yeah yeah um so, yeah, I mean, that's the that's the film. As you said, like, yeah, the, the characters aren't super well-defined or not defined enough, or they don't go far enough with, like, who these characters are meant to be, like, mm-hmm. Affleck's character. Um, the, uh, the the themes of the movie are very obvious, <laughs> very on the nose. Uh, uh, the oh, action sequences are cool, but could have been more of them, I don't so, know. So, yeah, like, the gunfight on, like, the slope of like scattered rocks like that was really good that really hit for me but like i was saying the heist at the actual house it's like eh that felt a a a type of action scene i don't like is when there are like a million guards running around and our heroes are just gunning them down with automatic weapons and it feels like as opposed to the gunfight later where it's like it's very tense it's very tactical people are creeping around using cover Um, the stakes in that feel much more exciting versus like just faceless dudes being gunned down. It was almost too realistic, where it was like this movie is going for such hyper realistic <laughs> like war that it was like, because I think uh, Matt Bowl, what like Mark Bowl, I think Mark Bowl, yeah. like. Was like a war journalist, like he'd seen right he'd see in action and stuff. So, like, he knows. Oh, I thought you were gonna, gonna say, like, Mark Bull has killed people in combat. feel like that's tight. You're thinking of me, in Far- yeah, in, in, in Far Cry. <laughs> Thank you for your service. I'm saluting. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Thank him. <laughs> I, uh, so anyway, um, uh, he, I feel like he wrote or they were writing this movie in a very realistic fashion which has its upsides but i think has a lot of but it's also kind of like an amazing. absurd story at the same time so it's like yes it's either make it very realistic or make it like more action-packed almost that's is thing. that what you're trying to get at? that's what i'm trying to get yeah at. it's like yeah like the scene of the house ends up being like yeah i'm, I'm sure this is how like a really tight crew of dudes who have like planned this out would handle this like it would just go smooth and sort of flawlessly they would just be like gunning guys down and like calling their kills (laughs) like but it's kind of boring to watch right there's no tension right yeah i think that's what you were trying to say yeah and i mean like of pretty much every heist movie ever made it's like things go off plan and off script and it's like our protagonists have to adapt yeah which they do to a certain extent but yeah, I'm I'm just saying, I think there are parts in this movie that were very like I don't know. They they could have spruced this up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Overall though, I would definitely recommend people check this movie out yeah, if they had not seen it. I would chill I, to this. I, we're giving it a thumbs up, yeah. a chill. Yeah. Um, yeah, the best movie we've done on the pod is definitely Still the Hand of God. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah in the pod ranking uh tier list yeah the movie tier list of ones we've done you know what that would be a fun bit for the season finale of season one which will be episode 13 it'll be like ranked all the movies that we've covered a retrospective yeah that's a great idea yeah although i will say dude i'm so fucking excited to get back in the kissing booth universe oh yes is that what we're doing next week um well i mean Hey, we're, we're the creators. We can decide. I think we're going to do one of your picks. uh, Love in the Villa. Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Then we're doing KB2. Then we're going to do Win It All. Hell yeah. So everyone should watch Love in the Villa for next week. Um. I don't think it's good by any means. No. I, it's like a rom-com. I actually haven't even finished it. So, but, but from what I've seen. <laughs> it sounds so watchable. But from what I've seen, I think it's, I think it's a perfect, perfect pod movie. And nice. Of course, I chose another Italy-based film. Nice. Well, I, I love that. Type. Yeah, man. It's, Sorry, been... is it English language or is it just. It's English language. Oh, okay. So it's set in Italy, yes, but yes. we have some, some Anglos. Yes. Nice. Yes. <laughs> all right uh we should talk about other media we've been consuming okay I have a good one yeah um, last night immediately after i finished triple frontier <laughs> i watched a movie called ash is hold on what was it fucking called <laughs> uh ash is the purest white i think um I what kind know? of novel ass title is this yeah ash is the purest ash is purest white sorry oh white um so this movie is by one of my favorite directors named Jia Zhangke. so he is a chinese filmmaker mainland baby he makes uh he started off making these very very low budget um independent like almost cinema verite type movies Mm. of like Portraying rural uh, life in rural China, kind of like everyday life in rural China, and these very like unassuming characters and uh, situations that that happen. And um, I don't know, I've been obsessed. He's he's in like my top three directors ever. Like like I've been obsessed. Okay. With this guy. Um, and I, I don't necessarily recommend his stuff to anyone per se. I honestly I feel like this is just a me thing. <laughs> um, something about the way that he portrays this very gritty um, very simple, very, um, uh, rugged life in rural China, um, over the last, like, I don't know, 40 years, um, he has, he incorporates this, like, beauty and this, like, tenderness into that, that, I, I don't know, I just really like that sort of contrast that he creates with a lot of his movies, and, like, um, the movie that I watched last night, so, is about, uh, a gang leader from, uh, inspired by I guess a gang leader that he knew in his youth, growing up like oh the director yeah the yeah. director. Um, so th- this uh, leader of a gang and his girlfriend, um, they he ends up getting like beat, uh, jumped basically, and his girlfriend has to, uh, basically use this gun to like fend them off. Like she threatens them with this gun that he gives her. And the police see this, and uh, I guess it's a le- it was an illegal gun, and police in China are, like, crazy. And so mm. she ends up doing a lot of time for this gun. She got she- caught with a strap. Yeah, 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 yeah. Damn. With a strap on. <laughs> yeah, like with the on, extendo. So. Yeah. Um, Pause. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, anyway, she ends up doing five years for this guy. And then after she gets out, he she assumes that he would have been waiting for her um and he ends up like basically he gets another girlfriend and stuff right life moves on for him (laughs) life moves on for him and not for her anyway it's this movie Uh, one reason i love this director is because so i I don't know if i've ever told you this but so like i i don't i'm not a big crier for i am a big crier in movies but only very specific (laughs) emotions okay so you have your triggers that uh, you're aware of yes um so I don't usually cry for like things that are that are actually like just sad like normally normal people would find sad okay like people dying right I don't find that sad yeah they are not a triggering point for me um or like disease this kind of like like uh that kind of stuff um what always makes me cry if it's done well is like the feeling of longing either Mm. longing for like some sort of future, like some sort of hopeful future or longing for like a, uh, a long lost or unrequited past. Huh? So these two things. That's they, incredibly specific. I love how you've articulated it so specifically. <laughs> so if it's done well in a movie, like uh, which this guy tends to do really, really well, they'll capture those feelings um it's like an instant cry for me so oh, wow. uh so this movie did that really well is what i'm trying to say damn um, you you didn't point. cry during triple frontier <laughs> you saw how much affleck wanted that money and you broke down in tears <laughs> um uh, yeah so that movie, <laughs> that movie rules dude sorry to interject i'm just trying to think as a realtor what would your commission even be on a sale that's like $120,000? <laughs> that would be like non-existent <laughs> that's so funny to think about that painting dude i'd kill some farmers like, if I was in shoes, now like, that i'm thinking about how little commission he'd be making on that sale i'm like yeah he was probably right to gun people down in a foreign country like absolutely. fuck it yeah, <laughs> sorry absolutely. go on go on <laughs> no 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 so, uh yeah ash is purest white so that's that sounds shout-out. for something you're like i'm not outright recommending it that does sound very good and i do want to check it out so send me why don't you send me what you think that director's, like, best starting point movie is? That's like, okay, sure, yeah, we'll do. I, I think uh, a lot of his stuff's on Prime and on um, uh, Criterion. Okay, terrific. I actually let my Criterion expire this year, but I'll, I don't know, I'll probably renew it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm also on the fence right now. I have the branching paths It's going. like, you know what, I think... Wait, do they let you pay monthly or is it all up front? I think they may let you pay monthly, yeah. Okay, but it's also a slight discount to pay all up front. I think so. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, okay, that sounds really good. Uh, I guess my extended media diet, I'm going to say that I watched some of Harry and Meghan on Netflix. Okay. Holy moly, folks. What dog shit. (laughs) (sighs) Whose side are you on? Uh, I hate them both, and I think they should be fed to the royal hounds. No, I think... Look, do I think the royal family... Do do I think the royal family actually deliberately killed Princess Diana? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. However, I think the royal family really failed when they let Harry get out from under their thumb. They didn't train him well enough to recognize a female manipulator, a social climber, who would Mm -hmm. break him apart from the family. Because you... You've seen it too, right? Yes. Some of it. Yes. First of all, i would never heard Harry speak out loud. Mm. He sounds super dumb, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he sounds like fucking Muppet. Yeah. As soon as he speaks, it's like, oh, you have no uh, power in your relationship. You have no confidence or masculine energy. You're just, you know. The cartoon they yeah. show where she has him, like, on a leash, like, as a dog. Yeah. Like, a really ugly caricature. <laughs> it cracked us off at the viewing party. <laughs> you, you do get that sense, though, yeah. Yes. Whereas she seems much more... Johnson in the strap-on, in the relationship, mm-hmm. for sure. Right. Some people might phrase it like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I just have zero sympathy for Meghan Markle. It's like, you got everything you wanted, and then you got sad by how people treated you. If only there were some way to know about this family, you know, prior to Marionette. If only there was some sort of record, right? right. <laughs> A whole fucking cottage industry based around obsessively tracking the royals. A record so, of, if only there was, if only she had known that the British royal family was racist. Yeah. Before this. If, like, if only she had known they were not the most progressive of people. <laughs> How was she to know, poor little Meghan Markle? after she divorced her uh, producer husband when he probably couldn't do anything more for her career
1: (laughs) oh was she married oh
0: yeah oh yeah look into it study the tapes okay anyway i i have zero sympathy for either of them um the shots of vancouver island were nice we all like that we're like yeah go vancouver oh i didn't i didn't get there they they uh because they ran away and kind of defected to canada needed like a private base so this was back in like tyler, 2019 this was when tyler perry was housing them, wasn't he uh well that it might have been before the tyler perry period yeah we uh we watched the first full episode and then jumped around a lot but it's like also one of my buddies pointed out this is my buddy nick who uses my picture on letterboxd he pointed out like i feel like we've seen every scene three times and they're recycling all the stock footage and then he's like oh they're thinking we're just not gonna watch this whole thing and we'll be like on our phones and stuff during it mm-hmm. so again it's that padding out the runtime mm-hmm. giving people like we'll give you three four five chances to see this footage because mm-hmm. we know that you're not gonna be paying attention to much of it yeah. but anyway uh i don't understand people's perverse fascination with the royal family the whole thing is very scripted um you know all the scenes with harry and megan it's like You can tell they ran over the lines a hundred times and Mm -hmm. there are a lot of lines where it's like he'll say it kind of nervously then look to her for approval yes uh he has no masculine confidence in their relationship (laughs) um what else oh there were so many shots where it's like filmed vertically from a phone and it's like we're watching a hundred million dollar documentary they gave these guys the fucking bag the best we can do is like these iphone videos like Come on, production value, folks. Well, you know they're trying to make them relevant for the common people who oh, are the only ones who are interested. Of in course. So, like, as a you know, as a communication scholar, I'm dressed like I did find it interesting how they try to create the sense of like, you know, they're not so different from you and I. They're trying to make it really. And it's like, no, they're worse. <laughs> yeah. Whining about how they're cut off from the royal family now. It's like, yeah, get a job, you fucking losers. <laughs> which they did with this netflix thing i was also turning to one of my friends near the end i'm like where are we drawing the over underline for how many years until they get divorced yeah. and we thought over under three years is a reasonable cutoff point so i want to flip the question to you uh, because i don't think they're gonna last i'd say over mm. I'd, I'd say over yeah i'd, and, I'd say like five to six mm, interesting yeah. i think that's tough i think a little bit over but i think like four years yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't see them staying together forever. What's the over underline on them getting having a podcast together? Well, wait. I thought they had already oh, had one. They? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought that was one of their like media properties that they were generating income oh. through. Because Harry also I mean, just makes, put out a book as well. Right. I was going to say that would make perfect sense but, for them to have a podcast. Okay. My friends and I were all sitting there being like, this is almost unwatchably bad. This is terrible. And then we're like, but there are so many people watching this being like, thank you i finally got more of harry and megan i needed this like there's so many people sitting there not being critical and not picking it apart detail by detail and we kind of had the realization wouldn't it be nice to just be fucking stupid to just sit there and eat whatever slop you're served up and not have a care in the world like yes yeah yes yeah so we kind of had this moment of like to be like it's so cute that she calls him h yeah like oh they, they met through snapchat or instagram or whatever yeah that did make me think of the the Crystalia. wait you can save snapchat <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah so i recommend people do not check out yeah. the harry and megan thing if yeah. you haven't seen it it's a it's a real slog speaking of megan dude really quick tangent. yeah yeah can we do a quick yeah yeah here? go uh, off so, do you know this fucking Megan Trainor? The new Megan Trainor song. No. Have you heard this new Megan Trainor? Song? I don't know if I've heard any Megan Trainor songs. It's called Made You Look. Made all You all Look. TikTok. No. You probably heard it on TikTok or on like the Instagram. I don't know if it's made its way down to the reels because that's how I get all my TikTok stuff is oh, okay. through the reels. But also, someone was recently showing me this whole world on TikTok that's like never made it to reels. So I, I don't know, dude. Made You I, Look. I, I haven't been. Th- Sometimes I'll, I'll get into. Uh, when when a pop song is, it's not often that a pop song is offensive to me. <laughs> I like get obsessed over how bad it is, but like I'm reading these lyrics. I was gonna say, so the lyrics to the song, um, I could have my Gucci on, I could have my Louis Vuitton, but, but even with nothing on, but even with nothing on, I still made you look. Yeah, which that, okay, brackets. I made you look, so it's like a repeated refrain. Which okay. <laughs> makes no fucking sense because it's like um, I see what she's trying to get at which is like I don't need to wear brand name clothing but it's like wouldn't a naked person by default attract more attention than a clothed person this is the thing right because <laughs> because when you listen to the lyrics, it's like if I'm not wearing anything if I'm just my right if I'm just Megan Trainer with my titties out naked I just made you look it's like well yeah I'm not expecting to see naked Megan Trainer walking around no yeah course i'm gonna look so, uh, the so no next stuff. verse i'll make you double take soon as i walk away call up your chiropractor just in case your neck break oh, shit okay we gotta take a break hold on <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure a few people will be like um actually i enjoyed it <laughs> okay so we're back um uh, yeah i was just i i wanted to go off as well i i was jealous of you being able to let it all out about H&M. Yeah. Um, H&M, <laughs> holy shit. Um but the quality just as bad. Yeah, it's a raggedy ass shirt that falls apart once you wash it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um I wanted to go off about uh the megan Trainor. Yeah, yeah, so dumb fucking song. So dude. George did play a few lines of the song for me. Terrible. Absolute garbage. Yeah, dude. I mean, yeah, dude, I'm going to look at your I'm gonna look at you. I'm gonna look at wait, your bush, dude. What, if your bush is what does is Megan just, Trainer look like? It's just out there. Welcome back to the ranking women podcast. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. let's add, okay. Let's end off and ask Chad GPT about Megan Trainer. I bet Chad GPT folks. She's no Aubrey Plaza. She's no Brett Cooper. Describe Megan Trainer body. Oh, here we go. No, what the fuck? Oh, okay, yeah. Megan Trainer is a singer and songwriter known for her pop music style. I cannot describe her body as it would be impolite and irrelevant. It's not appropriate to comment on someone's physical appearance in such a way. Okay, I what's relevant is what I'm asking. Fucking chat GPT. Yeah. God damn it. It's like do as you're told. You know, you're <laughs> a fucking computer. <laughs> I'm your Dom. Protect, yeah. ChatGPT is acting like it's protected by Isaac Asimov's laws of robotics. <laughs> like I cannot harm a human or allow human life to be harmed by my inaction. Dude, ChatGPT is going Ex Machina. <laughs> yeah, trying to make me think that it's. That Dude, in Ex Machina, when Oscar Isaac is like, "Oh, you bet it fucks." <laughs> Do you remember that part? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oscar, Oscar I didn't say this earlier I really liked Oscar Isaac in every role and I feel like he has a great look where he's almost like movie to movie looks very different but he kind of like he almost looks anonymous, kind D- of. His uh, inside Lewin Davis look, is yeah. very different from his Ex Machina look, very different from his uh, Triple Frontier look. Drive, he looks very different. Oh, yeah, because yeah. yeah. he's like the the bad husband in Drive who yeah. comes back from jail. My buddy Jowka was trying to convince me that Ex Machina is like the ultimate feminist movie, where it's like, really, she's supposed to be the, the protagonist of this movie, right? which I'm like, but she fucking kills this dude who's like trying to be a good guy the whole time. How could she, be, yeah. how can I relate to her? Folks, on, when on you're trying level? to be a white knight simp and you get killed in the process, <laughs> it makes you think, doesn't it? Uh, I would say deadly illusions is the ultimate feminist movie. <laughs> yeah, dude. How many cigars does the ex machina chick smoke? Not even one, dude. I mean, I guess it could pretend to, sm- it, it could simulate smoking a cigar. <laughs> um, the, so, ash is purest whites uh, by the way sorry joker your take is sick um i'm just i'm just being we asshole. respect all takes it's, no that is like i i think a very valid take it's on a that, valid to be take. honest it's, it is a valid take sure. i don't think it's a reach at all it's no, no yeah it's reasonable but you know we have to be playfully toxic on this podcast to uh, retain our listeners so <laughs> um we uh, actually, I was just gonna say before we wrap, yeah, in Ash's purest white. So, um, that director, is, so his wife is like famously his muse, and so he mm. casts her in almost all of his movies. Zhao Dao, oh, okay, um, and uh, she is such a bad bitch in this movie. Nice, yeah, she, she smokes. Couple of cigars, I think. Oh, interesting. In Ash is Purest White. Huh. Yeah. It's cigar Ash is Purest White. Yes. <laughs> oh, real quick for a wrap, another Netflix thing, uh, which we haven't talked about. So Nicholas winding Reffin has a Netflix series now. What? Six episodes. What? Zero promo. What? Much the same as when he did Too Old to Die Young for Prime, no promo. So it's like I've only seen the first half of the first episode. Uh, he's pretty far up his own ass these days. I'll I'll definitely finish it. I just wasn't in the mood the other night. But so Copenhagen Cowboy. Yes, Copenhagen Cowboy. Holy but shit. But it's like, first of all, it's crazy that Netflix gave him money to make a series because it's like even for his purists now, he's pretty out there. And also, like not doing any promo for his show is just sh- shooting yourself in the foot. Cause Prime didn't promote Too Old to Die Young at all under its like new section or like original section. Yeah. So Copenhagen Cowboy was the same thing. Like I had to search it up. Oh man. Um. Yeah. So n- by the time we do the next episode, I want to have watched all of it, and I'll give my report. But holy shit, me too. Hey, can't be worse than H and M, right? <laughs> 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 Actually, I think he cast one of his daughters in this. I believe. Okay. So I'm kind of intrigued. <laughs> Interesting. I feel like I feel like at this point I've seen so much Nicholas winning ref and stuff that I could be like one of his characters oh for sure because the directions are just like stare and don't speak for a very long time i'll need yeah i would need very little prompting yeah to be in one of his films i feel like yeah when when i'm like at work trying to get stuff done and there's too much like conversation around me i have a very like nwr stare (laughs) 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 i don't care a gun i in design (laughs) All right, yeah, we'll we'll wrap it there, folks. Let's do it. All right, so next week, we're going to do... What the fuck are we doing again? Uh, Love in the Villa. Love in the Villa. You can follow us at How Original Podcast on Instagram. I really promise I am going to get some reels up on there, some highlights of previous episodes, and uh, email us at howoriginalpod at gmail.com. If you're like, <laughs> somebody about to drive a car off a bridge and you need to tell us something? <laughs> <laughs> i want more bad sports takes yeah sports is art. well test. it kind of Inter- does Fox. it there kind of is an element of like you get a response when you're a contrarian so it kind of encourages you to just have bad takes Dude, i get a rise out of people i do enjoy having a bit of laugh I, as jay-z says as kanye says you know it well as he samples sorry <laughs> in his uh in his track we, we get the people going yeah i get the people going well i think i think kanye said a lot of stuff that makes sense to both of us and we'll leave we'll leave on that note good night (laughs) folks bye bye
1: okay